You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. There's so much that I'm experiencing from last night, this morning when I woke up. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I just wish that God would just make me just a normal, just like, just teach, you know. <laughs> Get your notes all ready and, you know, write your points down and come here and deliver the message and, you know, and then God just, you know, with me, it's a bit different <laughs> because I move with what I sense in my heart, how God leads me. And I want to utter what He wants to utter. I want to speak what He wants to speak. Even at times it's a bit skewed, but it's, the message just still gets out there. Because, <laughs> you know, I lost my name a long time ago when I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> it's all about His name. Yeah. But the Lord is doing something very beautiful in this house. Very beautiful. And we don't always understand what God does in our individual lives and also... You know, in a, in a corporate body like this spiritual house, which has got a far-reaching effect. Far-reaching effect. Our lives, and I was going to, I am going to speak on this tonight. I was asking God last night, I want to speak on this this morning. <laughs> so he said to me, no, 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 you're going to speak on this tonight. I said, no, can we negotiate yet? <laughs> He said, no, 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 you're going to speak on that tonight. Our lives has got a prologue and an epilogue. That's the way it works. Um, if you really want to be advancing in life and really want to reveal the significance that God has for us, uh, we need to seek what God wants us to do. And really press into that and make that our primary concern in life is not my will, God, your will. I'm not here to make my sound known. I'm here to make your sound known because my sound's just going to be a noise. <laughs> your sound's going to have clarity. Your sound is going to have a real objective. It's going to really bring change and transformation. So there's a purpose of God in our lives. But at times when, you know, we get upgraded in that purpose, so it's just like we go from a purpose to a higher purpose. <laughs> and this is what the Lord is doing in this house. You've been for a very long time in a prologue. It's just like you are reaching a place of an epilogue. Just like Jesus came and he, and he revealed the Father's heart. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He showed God's heart in situations, his father's heart in situations. And then all of a sudden, he says, for this very reason I came, was to go to the cross. Epilogue. Boom, boom. Just going to another level. God is taking this church to another level. God is, changing, God is taking this body to a very significant, impactful position. And things are going to be happening very, very quickly. You need to understand. 
you know, when God, you know, we, we cannot chase gifts. Okay? Gifts is our inheritance. We don't work for gifts. We get them. <laughs> we just say, thank you, God. So gifts is our inheritance. Okay? In God. So thank you, God. Thank you for your gifts. I thank you that I can expect you to use me. I thank you that I can prophesy. I thank you that I can lay hands on the sick and they'll get healed. I thank you, Father God, for your promises. That's my inheritance in God. But then God's got an inheritance in us as well. And that's fruit. Gifts cannot reproduce. Because it's not yours to reproduce. It's God's. They don't have seed. Gifts don't have seed. Fruit has seed. So it's only when I'm kind when I don't feel like being kind. <laughs> because fruit is sacrifice. You can, if a tree could talk, he'll tell you, listen, I have to dig deep to get the nutrients that I need to reveal some fruit <laughs> on me. I have to go down deep with my roots. Get it up the trunk. Get it into the branches. Get it into those leaves. Get it into those fruit. I need to blossom. I need to show something. If we are a tree and we just focus on, on the gifts, the best we will be able to do is to cast a shadow. And a shadow at best on a hot day will give you some comfort. But you'll get hungry again. You'll need to get out of that shadow and go and look for some fruit. So processing and starting to develop fruit allows us to get rid of our own impurities. That prepares us for the next that God has for us. So that that seed can be taken. I haven't prepared what I'm sharing with you this morning. I'm prophesying over you. You need to know this. I'm prophesying what... God has been doing what God is still doing and what God is about to do in this house. <laughs> I'm prophesying. I'm not gonna, probably not going to be sharing this in the second service, but I'm prophesying over you. Because I see people here. Listen, let me, I'm going ahead of myself here. Yeah. God's talking to me. You see, so, When we want to, when we mine gold, we get the gold out of the earth and it's in rocks. And you, when you look at it, you can't even see the gold. It's so embedded in the black rock. And you have to go through a whole process to, to get the gold up and get the impurities out and all of that. And then you really identify, listen, this is gold. Okay. That's a process. The gold itself is not holy, but the process is being destined and designed uh, by God. You, you've, your process has been designed by God. 
You need to know that. And so you cannot see gold if you don't remove the impurities. You cannot identify gold if you don't remove the impurities. So you cannot really see who you are if you don't go through the process. Because purity and identity is inseparable. It's only when I really get things removed in my life that should not be there that my identity is getting clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer in Christ. Now I want to say this to you. Double-mindedness, especially when God wants, you to, wants to take you to your epilogue. If there's any double, when transformation hits, you always got people, hmm, I wonder. What, what is God, God doing? He's starting to reveal some impurities. Some people's going to doubt you when you make a choice to stick with God, <laughs> to stick with His program, to stick with the friendships that He's put in your life, to stick with the house that He's placed you in. Mm. Friendships are life ships. And they are also destiny ships. You must know why God has put you in certain associations. <laughs> Under a certain covering. So every time God says, listen, I'm upgrading you. You believe me. Every church's leadership is going to go through a purifying process. What I'm sharing with you now, <laughs> I've not prepared at all. I'm prophesying over you. Because you need to understand where God's taking you. So what happens? God puts in precision during that time. And He removes all double-mindedness for the next. I want to say this to you. And when we are faithful to what God has called us to be and to do in the house He's planted us in. What I see, and I saw this last night when I was praying. You must understand this. The, the leadership in this church is about to be rewarded on another level. Because God always rewards the faithful. <laughs> God always rewards the faithful. God always rewards the faithful. There's a reward about to hit families in this house. There's a reward about to hit leadership in this house. Like you've not experienced in the prologue. Because you are entering into a higher purpose. A very reason. I don't know about you. I'm sensing a wave of glory coming. I'm telling you now. It's happening right now. Don't be swayed by gifts. Follow the sound. Follow the sound. Stay connected. Because when we hold on to certain what I want, what I feel, 
No, 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 no. It's not about what you feel. It's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. God's removing double-mindedness. One mind. One focus. And you need that in a business. You need that in individually, corporately, in a church. You need that. One mind, one focus, one vision, one objective, because we serve one God. <laughs> come on now, man. Come on now. Come on. I've just, I had to release that. Alan. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Put your teeth in the apple and eat the fruit. <laughs> Not, I'm not talking like, like what Eve did, eh? I'm talking about what God wants you to, to enjoy. <laughs> okay, let me get back to my, my message. You ready for this morning's message? I'm going to have to go quick because, wow, 15 minutes. All right. So praise God. I want to say to you today, there are many people here. So you have to be here tonight. I'm going to talk about your very reason. I'm going to talk about your epilogue. I'm going to talk to you about where you are, because there are so, this is a message for this house. Be here tonight. God's going to move mightily. Jesus is saying, I'm going to do it anyway. There are many people here today, you've been faithful, you've been serving God, you've been trusting God, you've been holding on, you've been really pushing in into what God has for you. And in many ways, you've not received or seen or experienced the results that you've been trusting God for. But you've stayed in His presence and you've stayed worshipping Him. You've stayed in a posture of adoration and worship towards the Lord. I want to say to you today that God in His grace and in His mercy and in His faithfulness, He's going to reward you in such a way that it will be above your expectation and even your wildest dream. God is about to shift things in your life that's going to elevate you, that's going to position you, that's going to place you in a place where you will know that you have divine authority in your life to speak over those things that you know that should be there, that still are not there, they need to be revealed. It's happening today on the face of this earth. We read about uh, an account in Luke chapter 14, verse 1. On one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees and people were watching him closely. So Jesus found himself in a very restricted environment, in an environment of religion, in an environment of judgment, in an environment of, listen, I'm watching you closely. If you would make one misstep, I'm going to get you. Did you think that that stopped Jesus? No. He was still going to do whatever needed to be done anyway. <laughs> and that's exactly what God is about to do in our lives. Doesn't matter what people's opinions are. Doesn't matter what the world's economy is saying. Doesn't matter what this government is saying. God is going to do it anyway. Because you are a righteous person. You are walking with the Lord. And if He could only find one righteous person in Sodom, he would not destroy it. Come. The reason why there's not destruction in this 
country as, they, as we could think they would have been already, it's because of righteous people. There was a man there whose arms and legs are sw- were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the religious law, in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, so Jesus now looks at them, they refuse to answer, no one's speaking to him. So he says, okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you say, doesn't matter how you respond, I'm gonna do it anyway. So Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, which of you doesn't work on the... Okay, I'm going to skip some stuff here. Okay. So most Bible scholars agree that this man was suffering from dropsy, edema. That's why he was holding back fluid. His extremities were swollen. His legs were swollen. He couldn't move as he should move. He was uncomfortable. His arms were swollen. So in edema, the area under the skin fills with fluid. Now, dropsy was a term used to describe generalized swelling and was synonymous with heart failure. Heart failure. So usually when a person suffers this way, they would be suffering of a heart condition, heart failure, or they would be suffering of kidney failure, liver failure, and even malnutrition. But mostly 90% of the time, it's heart failure that is the cause of this condition. Now, spiritual heart failure is real in Christianity today. Very real in Christianity today. We see many examples of people having heart failure. We see this in Genesis chapter, chapter, uh, spiritual heart failure, Genesis chapter 42, verse 28 in the King James Bible. We see Joseph's brothers Their hearts failed them when they found their money in the sack. But I don't want to talk about that one this morning. I rather want to focus on other examples. But people's hearts are failing them because of many different reasons today as Christians. Most Christians' hearts fail them because they are not anchored in the Lord in the secret place. They are not anchored in the Word of God. They are not studying and taking the Word of God for themselves because that's their manual. That's the way they've been designed to operate. Many people are anchored in religion. They are anchored in being seen or being recognized anchored in their wealth, anchored in their resources, maybe anchored in their stance in society. Now, Jesus sets the record straight right through Luke chapter 14. He teaches about humility. Don't jump into the most important seat. Wait till you are being shown your seat, okay? (laughs) All right, okay. Uh, He also goes on in the same Venue at the same place, he goes on in by by talking about listen, uh, making the manifestation of the promise the idol. Don't when you are being blessed with a business, don't make that the idol and find excuses not to attend with a place of intimacy. He talks about that in the same place at the same table. He talks about the cost of being a disciple. It will cost you your life. If you try and save your life, you will lose it. (laughs) But if you give your life to me and you live for me, you will save it. So there's another place where we see uh, people's hearts failing them. And that was when Goliath challenged Israel's warriors. All the men's hearts failed them. Even Saul, the king of Israel, his heart failed 
them except for one man. His name was David. His heart did not fail him. We see David speaking in 1 Samuel 17 verse 32. We see in the King James, he says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. That Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David actually said to Saul, he said to him, stop being in fear for this Philistine. He's a voice. Understand, Saul, while you were magnifying your kingdom, I was magnifying the Lord. He's saying to Saul, while Israel was giving attention to this giant, I was giving attention to my God. I'm in a different position than you. I'm in a different mind perspective than you are. I'm in a different space. I'm telling you, Saul, don't look at this Goliath. He's just a noise. While Israel was giving attention to the threats, David was saying to Saul, I was giving attention to the covenant. Something different. He says, while Israel was giving attention to noise, I was, a giving, I was giving attention to the sound of heaven that there is a God in Israel. Understand who we are and whose we are. The Lord is the, our strength and the Lord is our rock. Don't give me your armour, Saul. I'm trusting the Lord. <laughs> I know that the Lord will come through for us. Don't give me your armour, Saul, because I make him so big in my life, he's bigger than my Goliath. Because I magnify him and not my challenge. (laughs) That's my armour, Saul. How do we lose our strength in the Lord? Isaiah 4 verse 6 says, My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. In other words, it's not all about information and education as well. It's good to know the Word, but it's about having an intimate relationship with the Lord. Because when you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, God shares secrets with you that other people don't know that things that you just, you and God knows. That's just the way it works. I'm going to, okay. Let me get to this man again because this man is still standing there around the table. Jesus looked at him. Now you must know that this man did not ask Jesus to pray for him. The Bible doesn't record it. Jesus looked at him and he had to recognize some faith there. Had to know that this man was expecting something. This man was looking at Jesus and saying, listen, I'm a bit clogged up. You see my legs, they're heavy. You see my arms, my extremities doesn't have that far reaching effect that they should have. I cannot move as fast. I cannot have a good grip with my hands. I have heart failure. I'm a bit clogged up. And Jesus looked at him and said, he saw faith. He saw a man that was wanting to be between people that should be godly or are godly, but knew there's something, there must be a connection point between my, my God and my, my situation. There should be something that God 
will be able to do to heal me, to correct things, to bring things into alignment in my body and that my heart will not have this result on my body anymore. He probably tried many armors, tried many ways to get rid of the clogging up of the fluid in his system. His heart was failing and nothing until today, until Jesus showed up could help. He needed to be unclogged. Because of heart failure, it resulted in the loss of the strength of his extremities. I want to say to you today, and God is doing this, and I see this wherever I go. I see that the Lord is on a quest to get His people back on track. He's on a quest to remove all debris that has caused pollution in their spiritual lives. The Lord is saying to many, to many, many, many through this message, you are called, you are chosen, you are sanctified, you have been set apart for a holy and divine work. And if you are chosen, you are cleansed. I need you back in the garden. I need you back into the posture of intimacy. There should be no castaway syndrome among my people. The Lord was saying to the sick man, your grip failed. I have, I'm giving back your grip. Your legs were slow. I'm giving back your speed. You have, your energy was sapped. I'm revitalizing you. I'm touching you again in your life. God is removing excess stuff. Fluids that has been building up and slowing you down. He's being removed. God is coming for you in the presence of things that has tried to limit you and has tried to control you and has tried to hold you down. Personal fears were trying to control you. Insecurities were keeping you back. The Lord is removing them today. You are meant for the banquet. You are meant for a special time of deepening relationship with the Lord. This is a time where God is taking you deep so you can go high. The effects of the castaway syndrome is being addressed in any possible way in your life. The banishment tragedy that occurred in the Garden of Eden has been removed 2,000 years ago. Now it's a time to tap in. Now it's a time to push. Now it's the time to become one with the Lord like never before. I want to tell you today, I want to say to you today, you may be going through a valley. You may be going through a tragedy. You may be going through trauma. You may be going through a time where you feel totally, completely and utterly alone. But God says, I will never, listen to me, I will never, I will never, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've called you. I've sanctified you. I've positioned you. Your trauma, your tragedy, your seemingly disaster was only a gateway of hope because I'm taking you through that valley. I'm putting you in a position that you have not, not anticipated or expected. It's a new day for you. Whew. Hosea 2 verse 14 and 15 says, and I want you to put your name in the New Living Translation. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I just put my name in there. You know, then I will return Diddy's vineyards <laughs> to him and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. <laughs> Diddy will give himself to me there as he did long ago when he was young. 
when I freed him from his captivity in Egypt. I want to say to you, there's a second touch hitting your house <laughs> of Jesus, a second touch. He prayed for that man twice before he could see. First touch, boom. Trees. Second touch, boom. People. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Huh. You okay?